Episode of Crystal Myth with myself, Leslie, and your hosts, Mark and Yaz. Woohoo! Hello, how are you guys? I think I'm going to have a lot of fun in this, this podcast. Yeah, this is <laughs> sorry, oh, this random. This has been really random, actually. Like, yeah. So why have we just swiftly flown by the fact that Leslie said postcard instead of podcast? Because I am. Um, you how you say Rita? <laughs> Dear and Lindsay. <laughs> I've been learning many things about plants this week. <laughs> I think I've been on the old Belarus or the Baltic magical plants that they have so many of. <laughs> what, what plants have you been smoking today? <laughs> I don't know. I wish I wish I've smoking plants. I haven't. I've been playing Horizon Four. No, Horizon Five. I don't even know which one I've been playing. I've been playing computers all day. I mean, so I've been to... like quite a good way to spend your day. To be fair, David was off, so yeah, and then I was. There's no plants involved there, no vegetarian dishes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, so, so this wait, week we're talking about what? You know, I was going to say, you know, I normally like people watch things about like like conspiracy and like animal things and it makes them go vegetarian. Maybe this will make people turn back to meat because plants are evil too. Well, there's a lot of meat <laughs> plants are evil out there. Too. <laughs> so Mark, we're going to unconvert you. I don't understand you. Have we I all mean, gone mad? Well, I mean, if you look Mark, at we're going to unconvert you. Because yeah. I think that animals are. No, wait. I don't well, understand what I think is evil. This, this well, like, the yeah, implication we'll is that I don't like meat scary. because I think animals are evil. No, because there's, there's, like, um, so, there's a vein of Sodom. No, but it, because these fun. plants are like so. Like, oh my god. I think we've all been smoking something today. Well, I, I quite. I think actually plant cryptids are more fun than the animal cryptids, I have to say. I've yeah. had a lot of laughs looking through all of these. Some of them are just unreal. I mean, well, as a myth, after all, I don't think half of these are real, but still. I yeah, I did there. quite enjoy like the one one that I've looked at is technically all over the world. Different oh. reports of the same thing, but one of the stories, yeah, in particular entertained me by how it was like, what? It, it's the most what of any story I've ever read. Can you start oh. with that then? Yeah, okay. Let's kick it off with that story then. Okay. Although I'll need to, to build up to the what bit, so I'll give you a, oh. it's the what bit now, heads up. So I looked, I got very confused there because I realised the cat was rolling on the pad. So when I looked down at my notes there, it said Arcadian animal lore, and I was like, what? But that's not what we're looking at. I was looking at monkey slash cow slash man-eating trees. Yes, yeah. the most metal of all trees. Indeed. That, that sounds crazy. <laughs> I've read a lot of mad stories about these kind of trees as well, Mark. So, so I think yeah. you've heard 
most of these, Leslie. Um, certainly, like, when we were messaging each other earlier, I do agree with what mm. you were saying, that quite a lot of them are actually just, like, thinly-veiled racist stories. But I still find it fascinating that I say that they're all over the world. They're all over the world where there's been colonialism. So, again, clear link there. But one of the earliest stories that I found was in the New York World, which is, I think, a now defunct New York newspaper in 1874 is it like the the illustrated police news in london like in england where it was all mad st- tales about like crazy shit like spring jack and murders and stuff is it like a sense is it like a trash mag no i think the New York world was a bit like a, oh okay <laughs> kind of but not to the same extent like it wasn't like bat boy based madness it was <laughs> i think it was very like guess what i mean not mamie van doren because she wasn't alive in 1874 but like guess who mamie van doren's latest fate has been with also like here's some journal articles from some people that you it was more of a kind of gossip and travel mag i suppose we would class it as right i say yeah. now 20 years ago nobody has magazines anymore no so, in one of their articles in 1874, they included a letter from a German explorer who had apparently uh, visited and lived with a tribe in Madagascar. Although, again, going back to our conversation, Leslie, whether he did or not is debatable. And I think he was just being kind of racist. But the bit in his letter that really captured lots of people's imagination was he told the story of the god of the Madagascan people and the sacrifices that they carried out to this god. Oh, this is the same story that I read because it was was so funny. I mean, again, he's clearly being racist, but if we assume he's not, it is Was the description of this plant like so over the top that you couldn't actually imagine what the fuck he was talking about? Well, this isn't even the one that's entertained me the most because oh, actually okay. there's descriptions of this exact plant, <laughs> which, yeah, I will go on and describe, but there's yes, descriptions please. of this exact plant that appear all over the world, again, from mm. white people who have colonised areas, but still. So, yeah, he tells the story of this plant, which mm. he said looks, so the plant is a tree, but it has a trunk that looks like an upturned pineapple. This is it! This is the one yeah. I read! What? <laughs> So the trunk looks like an upturned pineapple. It's huge, so it's like way bigger than you would not you would expect a tree to be. Trees come in all shapes and sizes, but it's like a very, very, very big tree. But the trunk is the shape of an upside down pineapple. Yeah. On the top of the tree, or the base of the pineapple, if you will, there's a gigantic, beautiful flower which mm-hmm. emits a beautiful scent, and surrounding the gigantic, beautiful flower are eight long tentacle-like leafs. He did say that this is specific to the plant that the sacrifice happened to. Yeah. And actually, there was a few more of these plants and they had more than eight, but this one had eight leaves and the leaves were all broad. He described how tall they were or how long they were and then he kept saying that on top of that was another couple of leaves. I don't know. I lost. I was just like, this. I can't, I can't get a grip of this now. Well, there was kind of the eight main... <laughs> broad leaves that were kind of like octopus or squid tentacles yeah. said that they were broad instead of thin and so weird. they stuck out from the tree but they could move and when they were grouped together around the base of the tree they were so broad that you couldn't see the trunk of the tree right yeah remembering yes that the tree is exceptionally tall but shaped like a pineapple so that's going to be quite a big trunk <laughs> and then yeah as leslie says then there was other smaller leaves gathered around the eight main leaves that weren't like tentacles not sure what was going on with them so he said that the sacrifice he witnessed that they brought a young woman from the tribe 
And she was giggling hysterically and like joyously laughing. She was apparently very, very excited about everything that was going on. Um, and everyone else was joining in with her joy. So they had a big sort of celebration and then she was led up to the tree. Yeah. Where she continued to giggle and laugh. And then the tree put its broad tentacle leaves out so that she was able to more easily climb them to the top of the tree where she was at the neck of the flower, which <laughs> she then, while laughing, was I was just pushed, laughing there like the woman, you know, just much like with, was yeah. pushed into the neck of the flower by the broad <laughs> tentacle leaves that were continuing to move in, which eventually knocked her into the flower where she was eaten alive by being dissolved by chemicals that were inside the flower. And he said at this point, unsurprisingly, her uh, joyous laughter turned to screams. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like that, being on a roller coaster. It kind of sounds like, like some sort of Victorian sexual fantasy, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's like tentacle porn. It's like properly yeah. on drugs writing that. It is like, total tentacle porn, isn't it? Like hentai. Well, you say he was on drugs, Jazz, but do you think Chase Osborne was on drugs? Eh? Eh? Is that what you think? Who the fuck's Chase Osborne? I don't know. Chase Osborne is the um, famous 1800s author, late 1800s author okay. of the book Madagascar, Land of the Man-Eating Trees. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, in Chase's book, I, I don't think this will blow your minds, he wrote about going to visit tribes in Madagascar and that they all also worshipped a similar tree. He described <laughs> the tree exactly the same. The only difference was that he didn't witness any sacrifices, but he said that the scent that came from the flower of the plant was so intoxicating that it made him want to climb to the top of the tree and his guides had warned him not to, and that he'd witnessed many a lemur climb mm. to the top of the tree and just throw itself into the flower where it would then evolve. <laughs> that sounds like it's drugs, though. Like, the smell is so intoxicating, it's like they're well, on drugs. That's how it lures you in. So yeah. they, yeah. You think you're getting some free skag and you're actually just getting melted. Aye. Which I suppose, <laughs> you get some free skag, you could describe yourself as getting melted. He also <laughs> said that there was several people from the village who had been killed by the tree, but not in the same sacrificial way. It wasn't that the tree curled and knocked them in. Again, because of the beautiful scent, they'd climbed to the top of the tree and pretty much just clambered on in to get melted. That so maybe it's like a drug that's actually making them like hallucinate, and it. I don't. But I don't know why it then well, they deliberately go into I'm the. I'm sure the I read tree. about similar trees that might actually exist that emit gas from its roots to poison oh, wow. people's minds. Or it makes people sick. I mean, it's plausible. Like, like there's yeah. types of fungus that take over your mind, not your mind personally, Leslie, but there are types yeah. of fungus that can control Magic your mind to an extent. They make well, you they said, didn't they say that Alice in, like, Alice in Wonderland is one of my favourite trippy books ever, mm. written by a, an alleged paedophile, really, but anyway, <laughs> he probably was a pedo. You know how Alice eats a mushroom and it makes her taller or incredibly small? Well, that's a real thing. You know those toadstool mushrooms, what are they? The, the red ones with the white spots mm. you see around? Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I don't, I, what are they, something caps? Red cap? I don't know. I just call them red caps. Yeah, that seems right. I, I'm not yeah, sure. The poisonous ones. Death though. caps? I don't know. But if you eat one of them or take a bite one, you get the illusion that you are incredibly tall. So that's probably where he got oh. that from. 
like your sense of perce- your perception of depth is all fucked up if you eat one of them. I mean, that entire so the ground story looks really, really trippy. far away. So, yeah, yeah. You, you I everything about it was trippy. Um, mm. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I love it. Weird. Oh. The Cheshire Cat. Yeah, I suppose it's not. And okay, again, so it could just be people telling the same story wherever they are in the world being. Well, I say that being, no, do you know what? I was going to tell you my favourite one, but I'm going to jump to one that I'm like, well, this isn't okay. actually colonialism. So there's similar stories of trees like this all over the world, but most of them it's where there's been a lot of colonialism. But in India, where obviously there has been a lot of colonialism, but in India, there's tales of this, basically a very similar tree that go way, way back in historical writings. Uh, in the Mangalore area by lots, by many residents there, so there's a forest in Mangalore called the Up and uh, sorry Upanungini the Upanungini the Upanungini forest. Yeah, sounds kind of legit. And it's a very sort of difficult to navigate forest, but there's lots of people who have dairy cattle that live yeah. near the well, this forest. I, 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 yeah, I mean cows are. In Hinduism, are worshipped, aren't they? They're yes. left alone to roam. They're respected and left alone to roam the streets and stuff. Exactly. So I guess so, they would roam the forest. The people in Mangalore know that obviously they let their cows roam free, and the cows go into the forest to find the best grass. And sometimes it's difficult to round them back up. And sometimes when you get lost looking for your cow, you will come across what they call the cow-eating trees. And the cow-eating trees have a really similar description. So they've got uh, they're really tall but also really broad almost not spherical to be fair but kind of egg shaped so they've got this really really broad bark it says that they have one blooming flower at the top and that the flower emits a beautiful perfume scent and that they've got long hanging vine-like leaves and it's been reported that sometimes people will witness these when they're trying to collect the cows a few farmers have said that they've lost a cow because they've witnessed it being basically wrapped up in the vines of the tree and sort of slowly wrapped in towards the top, and they're unable to get the cow back, and the tree's basically eating the cow. That's mental. And there have also been a couple of reports of people themselves, especially like sort of younger farmhands and so on, going out to find the cows, and then the farmer will go out to look for them, and again, they'll stumble across this tree, and it'll have wrapped up the young boy or girl that's working for them, who'll have also been sort of crushed and drained by the tree. Now, reports of this go up to as late as 2007. Is there video footage? No. Mm. So this is happening, no one's ever taken a picture of their phone? Well, no, but to be fair, it is a very, very, very poor rural area. Fair enough, they've not got all iPhones. Yeah. Yeah, even poor people have phones. Yeah, but you would think that people... I mean, like... Extreme poverty, rural area. Like, I, I get what you mean. That I, but you could get rich people that might investigate and try to. Yeah, like whoever wrote that story that wrote that that happened would have had a phone. I agree that the person who wrote the report on it would have had a phone. <laughs> so why is he not uploaded it to the internet so that the rest of us can see it? Disgrace. Because he didn't go go into the forest in search of the truth. <laughs> and I'm having a go at report remarks, on other people fault. that had been in the forest. It's your fault, Go sort them out. The local sort of like governing body in Mangalore have said, which I really liked because this is just very random, they said that it's not true, it's just a folktale blown out of all proportion because quite often cows do get lost in the forest and when they're found they have no tails. And so the rumour started off that there were smaller versions of these trees 
gripping onto and draining the cow's tails, which was causing them to drop off. But I don't really see how that's an explanation of it because it's like, well, but that doesn't explain where the lark, where the full cows are going or why cows are coming back without tails. I think, well, I'm sure I read about the cow, the cow eating trees where it was the roots that were grabbing, or is that what you mean by the vines? It was the roots that were pulling these cows under and some of the cows were losing their tails because, or it was on that the article that I seen where in 2007 they went to find their missing cow and they found the cow basically being dragged under the, the tree's roots and they had to physically pull the cow out of the grip. Ooh. Or no, they had to chop it. They had to chop the limbs of the tree oh. so that it would like let the cow go. Well, yeah, there was that one too oh. in India and then there was a really similar one in the Philippines, which again describes the same sort of tree and it's more like the second one that you told there than the first one so similar idea they describe in the philippines a huge tree with leaves that come There's down and look like pentacles it. but it's the root system again that, that in that case right. is kind of it's almost like quicksand around the, the root system that's... and you sink in so quickly you get tangled up in the roots and yeah that's what they I'm said that they found like quicksand yeah, yeah and they said that they found like human skulls floating in it as well as cow skulls and so on. And so then, how does that fly with vegetarians then? You know, how does that make you feel that the trees are eating hamburgers basically or beef burgers? I mean, <laughs> fine. It's not like I think wolves shouldn't be allowed to eat deer. <laughs> so if you are a carnivorous plant, that's all right. That's your business. My favourite one, so there was another couple, basically there's like similar trees that people have talked about in Brazil and Argentina, but my favourite, favourite one, which is also a South American story, is the story of the Yate Veo, which translates to the ICU tree. And again, very, very similar story. So the description of the tree is it's almost egg shaped. It's really, really tall. It's got this spherical bark. But... (laughs) The difference in this one is the flower at the top is like massive and flat and they say that these trees grow really rarely and that quite often people will climb them because of the massive flat tree because they grow in places like the Amazon rainforest where there'll be rough terrain all round or lumpy terrain all round and so people will see this big flat flower that's about like six foot in diameter and think oh well I'm going to climb to the top of this big tree and rest on that flower and then when they rest on the flower, the leaves, which are described really similarly again, curve up. But the difference is in this story, they believe that the leaves curve up and each leaf has a spike on the tip. And again, it's got eight leaves. And they say, say that the spikes all just start stabbing into the person oh so God, that you slowly so bleed out on top of the tree so that your blood gives sustenance oh to the God. roots. And they say that quite often you'll just see an emaciated corpse lying on top of these mysterious trees. So it's not that it's like closing, like closing over the person, just like sort of disintegrating them or like dissolving them. It's actually physically stabbing you to death. Well, I found, you know, the one I was talking about that um, people were poisoned. It's called Mm. the Umlebi tree. And it was, um, it's an unverified plant species purported to originate in Zululand in South Africa. Mm. And it was first reported in the journal Nature on November 2nd, 1882. It's always like kind of like, you know, like we yeah. imagine Jumanji, mm. the, the hunter in Jumanji look like. 
so he was it was found by a reverence G.W. Parker, who was a missionary, no surprise there in South Africa. It was described as having a large, fragile green leaves, two layers of bark, a dead outer layer that hung off the tree, and a new living layer that grew beneath it. The fruit of the tree was reported to be red and black, it's totally male, and hung from branches like small poles. Parker said that the Umdlebi poisoned animals at approach so that the natural process of decay would fertilise the soil in which it was growing, which is quite smart. Yeah, the that's it, It's like fertilising itself by enticing animals, killing it, and then they decompose to feed whatever the fuck it feeds off of the ground. Like, I don't know, nitrous or whatever. It that's says that the ground terrifying. around it was often littered with skeletons. When damaged, it was reported to release a dangerously caustic fluid, so it's got like acid bark or something. Symptoms of the tree's poison reportedly included headache, bloodshot eyes, severe pain, abdominal swelling, diarrhea, fever, followed by delirium and then death. Parker never identified the source or nature of its poison, but hypothesized that it secreted a poisonous gas from the soil around its roots. Callaway records a case in which a large number of people were fatally sickened after using the wood as fuel for cooking a fire. According to Parker, the Zulus sacrificed sheep and goats to the... This is maybe the racist part. <laughs> Zulus sacrificed sheep and goats to the tree to calm the evil spirit. Unfortunately, as of 2013, no specimen has ever been recovered. And other than 19th century anecdotal evidence, no further verification is known to exist. But what about vomit fruit? So vomit What's that? Fruit, I don't know what vomit fruit looks like, to be fair, so I don't actually know what colours it is, but you know, there's a plant that's fruit is called vomit fruit because if you eat it, it makes you violently, violently sick. So if you were in somewhere where you were more likely to become extremely dehydrated, then surely if you ate vomit fruit, you would be violently sick and then die. Yeah, but what benefit of that is that to the vomit fruit? This is a tree that makes people die at its roots so it can just like suck you. What I'm saying is that this guy's saying, oh, it makes you violently sick and then you collapse down dead at its roots so Mm. that it can suck your body dry. But maybe it's not. Maybe it's just it makes you violently sick and fall down dead at its roots. The end, because you've eaten poisonous fruit. Do you see that there's some trees that speak to you called auricular trees? And then, well, they talk to you. (laughs) What did they say? I don't know, like they tell you stuff. I'm trying to find out my internet. Okay, shit. that must be <laughs> like what sort of stuff like made you go mental. Oh, I know. Did they give you directions? Did they tell you a good about. book recommendation? Maybe. Uh, let's move on because my internet's playing up and I can't get to it. <laughs> Do you know what <laughs> so the things are like reminding me of? Seeing them, um, you were watching Never Ending Story when you were little, yes. and there was that scene where. I can't remember the boy's called, but the, the guy that rides the horse and he goes in the quicksand and him and the horse go through the quicksand and it's the most heartbreaking scene ever. It's horrible. I'm just imagining that with like these cows. A tree? A tree, yeah, that's his name. It's him and his horse. Even what with those ones, horse horse isn't it? With the, the two that it's like that they are drawn in by the roots. I actually thought, yeah. well, feasibly though, if it's like a mangrovey kind of swamp area, the roots mm. will be exposed and you would sink into them. And again, it's not that yeah. the tree is pulling you into the roots it's just that you're literally getting sucked into the roots it's nothing to do with the the tree actively trying to get you to do that it's just what happens it's more the land itself the stabbing one i have no explanation for yeah i've just found a picture of the stabbing one by the i've just said really what's it look i don't like this is more of a cartoony type picture of it oh i have no real one but it looks pretty graphic so it does 
I mean, yeah, I wouldn't like to be killed by it. I wouldn't like to be killed by anything. It looks like it's been tortured. A tribal person getting tortured. So, yeah, I googled um, Amazon flower eating man and that came up. <laughs> so, no, flower tree man eating and that came up. It's pretty, it's pretty morbid. It's pretty, like, I wouldn't want to mess with that. Sure. Mine is like the opposite. Mine's actually not bad or good, to be honest. Uh-huh. So, it's, this is actually from Hungarian mythology, which is quite random. But it's the the tree of life. So there's oh. a lot of Hungarian folklore and folk tales all have this tree in it, um, and there's like all the different stories that come with this tree. But basically, in sort of Hungarian mythology, the universe has got like three layers to it, and this tree, like the whole kind of universe, and then this tree sits in the m- middle of the universe, and it's like a big massive massive tree, and the top of it. So all the like the foliage, whatever you call it at the top, that's like like the home that's the upper world, so that's like the home of the gods and that's yeah. And but only certain people can climb up to go up there, like sort of shaman or religious men or like really pious men can climb up the tree to get into the upper world. And then the sec the middle world is basically like the bark of the tree. So that's where we all live. We're in the, the world part of the tree. And there's still like there's other creatures and stuff like that that goes in, in our world. And then the roots of the tree that's the underworld so that's where all like the bad souls and like your kind of hell I guess would be in there which just sounds really cool so all their stories then go around this concept of the tree in the middle of it um so like the bad ones get cast out to the underworld like anyone good would get to go up to the foliage but there's one story that comes up a lot in this about a princess that gets sort of kidnapped and ends up in the foliage um and my like one of my friends is Hungarian and I was telling her that I was looking at this so she sent me like a little cartoon to watch no. and it's so cute like it's really lovely it's actually drawn beautifully but she says this is like one of their main stories that they tell kids when they're little and basically it's I have like so many issues with the story just to start off but I still have <laughs> the story um, but yeah so the the princess is going about her kingdom and the trees in the middle it kind of looks like the jack and the beanstalk type thing like it's just that massive and it's really 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 windy because there's this dragon that lives up in the, the upper world of the tree and he he's like a dragon person and he comes in and because he loves the princess, he kidnaps her and takes her up to the tree. So she now lives in the foliage and like the kind of that upper world. And then her dad gets really, really upset because he's the king. He's upset. Someone's like taking his daughter. And he basically promises anyone that can go save his daughter, then he will let them, he will give them his daughter and half the kingdom. Can you um, see why you have some issues with the daughter? Yeah. I have a lot of issues with a lot of these like fairies. I like that it's like, oh no, a man has forced has forced my daughter into marriage. Can somebody please save my daughter and I'll force her to marry you? <laughs> yeah, basically. So yeah, immediately straight off when I was watching this, I was like, so wait, why why are these daughters and princesses always given away as like a prize? Like, oh, whoever does this, I'll give you my daughter. Um, yeah, not why don't you consult if she is okay. once in on this? <laughs> But she's been kidnapped by like the dragon god thing. So she's, she's just got, like, so grateful to be rescued that she will just happily give her well, herself up to have her rescued her, know. even if he's an um, ugly bastard and looks like a neckbeard. Well, loads and loads of people do try to save her, like mm-hmm. all the men in the kingdom, obviously, because they want to like, like save the princess. So they all try to go up the tree, like really Jack would up put the beanstalk, but they all fall and they break their legs and break their arms and they're all just really rubbish at getting oh. up the tree. <clears throat> and then. The king has like a pig shepherd, 
I don't know why it's pigs and not sheep, but he has a pig a shepherd. Pig? <laughs> Sorry. I've never really Imagine heard Imagine a man like a pig. Not no. a man that shepherds pigs. Like, yeah, they call it a swine shepherd. I don't know. That's a I was imagining him to like, have a pig's head or something. <laughs> no. He's just like the wee shepherd boy that works okay. for the king. And so he goes to the and the pig so the pig comes alive and talks to the shepherd um and says, Oh, you should go save the princess. And he's like, I can't save the princess, so I'm just a shepherd. And he's like, No, no, you need to go and basically go and tell the king that you're gonna do it. So he goes off and says to the king, and the king's like, Don't be so ridiculous, you're just a shepherd, blah blah. Same kind of stories, most stories, but don't believe him. He goes, I'm gonna do it. So he goes up and he climbs up the tree. And like, it takes some ages to act. He's got like an axe and that helps him get up the tree. So he finally gets to the top. And so see the leaves of the tree. If you imagine it being this massive, like other worlds almost. So once you're up there, you're in just like a different kind of universe altogether. And every leaf of the tree is like a different little, don't know, like, I don't know if it's a different world or a different place or what it is. But he jumps onto like one of the big I feel leaves. Like this is very um, Axis Mundi-esque. From that episode that we did, I'm thinking Super Mario. Or yeah, Mario. I feel like yeah. it's Mario. Like, yeah, <laughs> it sounds quite cool. So, like, the tree itself is not good or evil. It's just almost like it's it's almost takes you like a portal into these different worlds. It's like the connection between the three worlds. It's the tree. Um. So yeah, he ends up in the like, like Axis Mundi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So he's on. I think yeah. I think this has a lot of even though it's Hungarian, a lot of the countries around here have the same ideas and. Yeah. There's a sort of there's some Buddhism goes into Israel a little bit. So yeah, he's on the big leaf. He finally finds the princess. He's going through this weird world. He finally finds the princess. And she's like, Oh my god, you can't be here. My husband, the dragon person guy, will come back. Hold and on, that sounds like Princess Peach and Bowser and Mario <laughs> coming right here. <laughs> I think this is where Mario like This is a fucking Japanese and ripped this off. Yeah. And even the whole like <laughs> The princes keep going to save her and the king thinks they can, but then they've got like some working class guy that actually can save her. Like, <laughs> yeah. Mario. I just, I feel like this is a lot of stories. Like most oh kind of old God. stories are there. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Yeah, so she's like, there oh no, theory, okay. Sorry, yeah, there was a theory was a that theory. Princess Peach was deliberately getting kidnapped by Bowser because she was actually banging him. And it, um, her excuse was that she was kidnapped by him and Mario was just wasting his time <laughs> rescuing her. <laughs> Because, yeah, I'm sorry, there's no way these women are so helpless that they can't get away because she's, like, <laughs> living here. I know this is not even about the tree anymore. I just had so much issues with this story. <laughs> and basically, yeah, she's... She's, like, yeah. best buds and that, and she doesn't want to be rescued by the prince. She's quite happy living with a dragon. <laughs> so he's also, like, a three-headed dragon person as well, which what? is a bit weird. Yeah, so he's, like, he's kind of got, like, the body of a man, but he's got three heads. He just looks kind of ugly, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> when the shepherd guy finds her, then she's like, oh, my God, if my husband finds you, he's going to be so angry. But also, I'm a bit like, clearly her husband dragon leaves her in the house by herself, so she could easily have escaped by herself. Yeah, exactly. Uh, totally beside the point. So when her husband shows up, the dragon dude shows up, then she says, oh, this is my shepherd guy from, like, the real world. He's just came to help us. So then he goes, right, okay. Sorry, well, I really like the idea well, that if you were having an affair and your husband was like, who's this? And you were like, oh, it's just a pig herder. Why are you so <laughs> I told you there's a lot of issues with this story. Like, I really like it so far. 
Yeah, do you know what? I'm going to send you like the wee video after because it's actually really pretty to like whoever's drawn the cartoon. It's like really, really quite artistic. It's lovely. So yeah, it's only a 10 minute long thing, but I quite enjoyed it. Bye. So basically the dragon guy is like, right, okay, well, if you're going to stay here, you have to work. So he takes him to his stable where he's got loads and loads of horses there. Except there's this like one really like mangy looking horse that's like proper scruffy and weak and tiny. And he's like, don't feed that one. Feed all the rest of the ones. Don't feed that one. So then the, the dragon guy goes away. I know it's a wee shame. Yeah, I've and gone right so, off the dragon guy now. No, the dragon guy is evil because he kidnaps princesses anyway. And I don't want. Well, she clearly. A horse bully. Bigger issue. <laughs> True. And not feeding the horse is a problem. So then once he goes away, then the wee shepherd guy goes to the horse. He's like, what's the deal? Like, why are you all starving and crap? And he's like, oh, well, you, you can help me get rid of the dragon guy so we can save the princess. Horses so, talk? Yeah, the, oh, yeah, obviously, because this is us in the, like, the magical... Oh, talk. right, okay, yeah, yeah everything so talks. Okay. Yeah, everything <laughs> talks, everything's magical. This is all, like, in the foliage of the tree that this all exists. So he goes, like, basically what you need to do is get the princess to ask the dragon, like, where he gets his, like, powers from, like, where he gets all his energy from. And then, like, right, okay. So the princess then... And this is also not okay. She goes and acts all like nice to him and is like stroking his face and being all like lovey dovey with him. And he thinks, oh my god, like she finally like loves me back. And then she's like, oh, you need to tell me where you get your powers from. He's like, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. I can't tell you because it's a secret. And she's like, oh, if you really loved me, you'd tell me. So she's probably like emotional blackmailing him as well. (laughs) (laughs) Proper gaslighting him, emotional blackmail. Um, so she basically like convinces him to tell her and basically the way he gets his powers is there's a bear that if you break the bear open then there's a rabbit inside and if you cut the rabbit open then there's a box of bees inside and then if you kill the bees then that would get rid of his power <laughs> I love this story yeah. so much I mean yeah that was not where I was expecting that to go in a million years <laughs> every part of this just gets funnier and funnier um, <laughs> So yeah, so she then, so she's told her this secret. She's like, oh my God, I love you so much. Thank you for telling me this. And then she gets him really drunk. She goes, oh, like, I feel so much closer to you now. And like keeps pouring him like loads of wine. And he's finally happy that she finally like loves him. So he then passes out because she's given him so much wine. So then they go back to the horse and they're like, right, we need to find this bear so that we can like kill it. But again, in all this, I don't know why he doesn't just take Princess and run away because the dragon guy's passed out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, but it would be a story. So then the horse says to him, right, I need you to go get whatever these branches, these tree bit off the tree or something and burn it. And then whatever the ashes are left, I need to eat that. So he burns something. Then the horse eats the ashes and then he suddenly transforms into this big, golden, like, amazing horse that is like got superpowers and looks like a mile pony. Yeah, he looks like a mile pony, but on drugs. And then he goes, if you go back to the stables, there's also... (laughs) But then he, there's also like golden armor that the wee shepherd boy can wear as well. So now he looks like a sort of kick-ass uh, knight on this like mm. golden horse. And they go and they find the bear, and he like he gets a sword and he like cuts the bear in half, which I just think is not okay. And then the rabbit yeah. dies out of the bear, and then they kill the rabbit, which is also not okay. And then when the rabbit dies, then there's a box inside and it's got wasps or bees in it. So he crushes that and kills the bees. And then that basically means the dragon guy doesn't have powers anymore. He just kind of, I don't really know if he dies or what happens to him. But then, yeah, then they take the princess, take her back down the tree, goes, go back to the king. He's like, oh, look, I saved your daughter. I'm not amazing. And the king's like, oh, my God, this is so cool. You can marry my daughter now. And they get married the next day. So, yeah. More romantic story. 
Yeah. So she just managed. And then the princess realizes that the swine herd's just like a piece of trash and yeah. he's got no dick and he's just really shit and he kills animals. But yeah, I mean, maybe they, she misses maybe the dragon. Kill, maybe that's why they had to kill the dragon so then she could get married again, possibly. Oh, right. Because <laughs> that would be. Didn't they get their lawyers involved and yeah, get exactly. the divorce with the dragon better. man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it would be a bit complicated through like the different worlds as well. Like I don't know if mm-hmm. the lawyers have jurisdiction in like the upper world. I'd rather live in a magical land where everything talks. Yeah, yeah. Or would that be I, really annoying? Like if everything talks, they just can't I, get any. Well, even if everything talks, I think I'd like to live in the magic land because the whole like how did he get his powers? But it very much implies like if you went to the but, supermarket, they'd be like, would you like to play with this red card or would you like to fill your mouth full of beetles, spit the beetles out, and then the beetles are turn into <laughs> goods? And like, um, second one. It sounds like there's lots of possibilities, like in the the zone at the top of the tree. There's, you could do whatever you want up there, and maybe different leaves do different things as well, like in the foliage. Like yeah. I'd be quite cool up there. Yeah, it sounds like a a Rick and Morty story to me. Mm. It yeah. does a bit actually. It does properly. Yeah. <laughs> like you could just jump from like leaf to leaf and be like different. It's like going like, through the portal. Well, <laughs> yeah, the tree's properly like a portal thing. It's pretty cool. But yeah, I quite like that. I really, really like this one. That's so, cool. Um, ask my friend for more stories because I quite enjoyed this one. Can you send us the cartoon? Yeah, definitely. No, Sounds like something. You can even see what it looks like. It's quite pretty. Sounds like I the kind of cartoon that you would skin up and yeah. smoke a lot of weeds and then <laughs> enjoy it. The thing is, it's in Hungarian, so I did have to put like the subtitles oh. so it get translated. Wow. Um, yeah, it was fine though. But isn't like the drawing is really pretty of it, like the colours and stuff on it. It's really nice. So, yeah, I, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed the Hungarian. I was going to say you haven't sent me anything, but no, it's come through now. Um, so the oracular trees, um, they're basically, you know, like if you've seen Game of Thrones, it's, <laughs> you know, how they've got like the weird, I think they're called the weird trees or something, and they've got faces and they go worship them. They're like oak trees with faces and they're sort of. Yeah. supposed to be like divination or they give you prophet prophecies or things like that's the kind of thing that we're talking about here it's basically a scottish tradition or maybe in england it's like druids that were able to consult oak trees for divinatory purposes so like you know well i get a better job or mm. is my life going to get any better sort of thing as were rowan trees rowan trees are supposed to be magical trees in scotland so they've got magical properties in Islamic lore, the various trees are depicted as jinn. I think most things in Islamic are jinn, aren't they, that are bad yeah. things? Various ancient Greek um, philosophers. Yeah, it depends who you talk oh, to. I'm not, okay. I'm not really big on that, but yeah, yeah. different different beliefs. Different beliefs, yeah. Like yeah. Catholicism, isn't it? Like if you said everything back to demon, I think it's kind of the yeah. same answer. Like, yeah, it'd be the same as that. Maybe like some yeah. grand spells would say, yeah. but Maybe some people think that jinn are actually good. And some people think jinn are bad because it doesn't well, say the jinn are evil in this. It just well, so says that obviously jinn are just another type of beings. So there's good ones and bad ones, right. and they're just living like, life the same as us. They're just a different dimension. That's so, where you get the name genie from, isn't it? Yeah. Uh-huh. So they're just mm-hmm. doing their thing. So I don't really. Right. So yeah, of course there is bad ones and stuff, but I just don't think they have anything to do with us. They're just doing their thing. Uh, Whereas if you ask some people that are really superstitious, they're like, oh no no, they come into like our realm and they do things and they possess you and like all that kind of stuff. Mm. Whereas I'm just, I'm not too big on well, that. Well, well, there's one about Prophet Muhammad says the weeping date palm tree have you heard of that Mm -mm, oh it says when delivering his sermons used to stand by or lean by a date palm tree when a pulpit was built elsewhere and muhammad started to give a sermon from the pulpit the tree began to cry like a child 
Oh. Muhammad then descended from his pulpit and consoled the tree by embracing and stroking it. Prophet oh, says it was crying. Yeah, it was crying for fitting what it used to hear of religious knowledge given near to it. This incident is recorded in the authentic Islamic hadith traditions, yeah. said to have been witnessed by everyone present at the congregation. Oh, that's quite sweet. Yeah, so it's when he stopped giving sermons. Ah, like, right. That's when the tree was crying because it was so upset that it was. Because we kind of also believe that everything is kind of alive, like even the birds and the trees and everything right. is alive and listening and. Well, that sounds a little bit hippie like, but it's. it's but I like that because it's art. Yeah, it's all natural stuff and geometric shapes and plants and flowers and yeah. things, isn't it? Which yeah. is nice. And then there's the Indian tree of the sun and moon in Asia, which two parts of the tree trunk spoke depending on the time of day. In the daytime, the tree spoke as a male, and at night, it spoke as female. Alexander the Great yes, Mark Polo has said to visit this tree. <laughs> but why? And then there's the Greek talking elm. Philostratus spoke about two philosophers arguing beneath an elm tree in Ethiopia, which spoke up to add to the conversation. Imagine <laughs> that. You're having a, like, we, we, like, we're all down the woods in Calder Glen, right? And we're just happening to chat near a tree about, I don't know, whatever, like animals or just what we're doing. We're having a wee, like, argument or debate. And then this fucking tree pipes up, talks a lot of shite. <laughs> like, shut up, tree. <laughs> Why did you like that? Because you think like about like, how old trees are. Oh, that's it. And the you stuff think... that trees have seen. They must have heard a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing they can do about it. It's not like they can tell people to shut up. Maybe some trees have the ability to maybe cyclically reach out to people and either want to tell them to shut the fuck up. <laughs> but honestly, imagine trees could talk. Like, imagine stuff the stuff that they've seen. Yeah, and people getting hung like off. Thousands of years. Yeah. Excuse me? Why are you hanging someone off my branch? Mm-hmm. I didn't consent to that. Like, do you think it affects how a tree grows if something horrible's happened on it? Like oh, if maybe. someone's died under it or been hung off it, do you think it then affects how it grows? Because it... you can maybe get cursed trees. Mm. Like, there's lots of trees. I'm sure there's a tree in England where people were hung off it constantly. There was a branch and you can actually see this huge big branch, the, the indentation of where the rope was constantly slung over it. Oh my god, that's horrible. Yeah. That must leave some sort of bad juju there. You yeah. must pick up bad vibes from that thing. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Oh, where well, is that? Moving on from trees, these are things that really amused me. So, you've got the veggie man. Have you... No, I've not. What? I like when you messaged and said I'm looking at the veggie man because I was like don't know him, but... <laughs> It's yeah. so excited to hear about them. <laughs> yeah, the picture of them is really funny as well. So I say picture, it's not it's a, a photograph, it's just something someone drew. <laughs> just gonna the veggie man. The veggie man, yeah. He's not actually of the air, to be fair. So God, it was, it was, <laughs> right, I'm just saying you the picture of the veggie yeah. man and then I'll describe for the listeners exactly what the veggie man is. In West Virginia, he was found in West Virginia, which also played host to an extraordinary number of unusual creatures for some reason, which is also, it's famous for the Mothman and the Flatwoods Monster. I've never heard of the Flatwoods Monster, but that exists as well, apparently. No one really, however, has often heard of the Veggie Man or the Vegetable Man. His appearance was he was said to be now I wouldn't like this. I would run away from this this fucking thing. It was said to be very I mean I do avoid salads quite a lot, but I would definitely avoid him. He was said to be very tall. I mean I say he, I don't know what sex it is. Arguably over seven feet. He was thin with a semi human shape. 
also appear to be partially plant-based and possess large ears with striking eyes that oscillated in colours, going from red to yellow rapidly. Its arms were thin and gave the impression of reeds by a river bank. On the ends of its long fingers were suction cups, which had thorns protruding from them. So the sighting was done in 1968 in the woods. Now, 1968 makes me think maybe that's a guy who's taken too much acids. Maybe in the 60s, the 60s could be a hippie. He was in the woods around Fairmont, West Virginia. The guy's name was Jennings Frederick, and he was out for a hunt. As he moved through the woods in search of game, Frederick had an odd noise. It sounded like a record player running faster than it should. A sort of high-pitched jabbering. When he tracked down the source of the sound, he came face to face with the creature. Jennings would go on to say that the being looked weakened, thickly even. The jabbering increased. Suddenly, he could make out the words. Now, he said that it, it didn't actually speak with its mouth. It spoke telepathically. Okay. So and that's not the said, weirdest thing about this, to be honest. Well, <laughs> it said, you need not fear me. I wish to communicate. I come as a friend. We know of you all. I come in peace. I wish medical assistance. Wow. Okay, I'll take you to the news Yeah, I need your help. As we said, what would you think? We've <laughs> some alien, and it came down, but I didn't know like what form to take because I didn't know what humans looked like, and it just whatever ah. it kind of saw lying about, it just took that form. Ooh. That's an interesting theory. That is so interesting after idea. that, the creature then lunged at him and he wrapped Frederick up in its surprisingly strong arms. I mean, that sounds like some sort of romance. I was going to say that's really hot. <laughs> He was unable to break away from his strong embrace as the creature pierced his skin. So there's penetration Sorry. happening as well. He was unable to break away from his strong embrace. As he was penetrated by the thorns on his fingers. Oh my god. That's nasty. While it drained blood from him, Frederick found himself enthralled by the flashing colours of the creature's eyes. I get Frederick. I'm not even being funny. I'm kind of weirdly into this. He's getting the blood sucked out of him and he's enjoying it. I mean, well, I'm already weirdly flash- into that. Like, he's I mean, got like lovely flashing, like kind of like strobe lighting, I think it would probably be. You know, like you see fish under the water that have that sort of strobe effect. Yeah, I think that's what the eyes are like. like rainbow coloured. Okay. Yeah, but it, it sort of strobes. A lot of fish do that um, deep under the water. I think some squid do it to basically hypnotise or mesmerise fish, and then they basically they just eat them. Me. Then almost oh, as quickly as it had counted. Well, he's made out of vegetables. <laughs> the vegetable man, he raced away up a hill. Frederick then claimed to hear a deep humming from the other side of the hill. He surmised that it might have been the sound of the creature's ship taking off. So he thought that the veggie man, like you thought Yasmin, was of extraterrestrial origin. But today, 1968 encounter, it is the only sighting of the vegetable man. So it was just that guy that had that experience with him. Uh, yeah, sounds like fun. Are you hoping that he might visit you in the night or something? There's lots of woods nearby where you are. Well, <laughs> look at the picture I just sent you as well. It's like a real I mean, veggie man. Also, when I said haughty in response to the picture that Yaz has put in the chat, which for the listeners is a man made out of vegetables, I also genuinely think he's kind of sexy. No, no, that's 
police are putting the note. I have the words. It's messed up. Where did you find that? Yes, that's hilarious. I'm like, you got veggie man, that's what came up. He's got broccoli on his head and he's got carrot fingers, carrot toes. And like, he's got like a six pack, but it's like. It's like a broad six pack, though. I think that's why I like it. I don't even know what those red things are. I reckon that's a man who's cut a hole out of the the blanket or in his his sofa and then he's just made the rest with vegetables. Oh, like it's not actually him. But then how would his knees sit like that and his feet? I don't know. Proper just glued vegetables onto himself. Like it's, it's like dedication to Halloween costume. It really is. And then I found okay. something called the Devouring Gourd, which also really amused me. It's oh. it's Bantu folklore. Is that where Ban- Bantu is? Sounds African. Maybe. I've heard that before. I yeah, I've heard it before, but I don't know where. Bantu. I'll show you. It's basically a gourd is like a I'm not actually know what a gourd is. It is some sort of pumpkin or squash thing, do you think? Yeah. It's a I, I, nearly, I nearly sent a picture of this gourd to my, my actual work team chat. That's not good. <laughs> I think they'd be a bit confused. Bantu languages basically cover Swahili, Zulu. Right. Okay. Get okay, like yeah. Sort of ah, the Asambambara. Oh, right. According to legend, the devouring gourd or gourd? Is it gourd or gourd? I don't know. It was discovered by a group of little boys at play. Look how big that thing <laughs> from. I feel like you have to say gourd in a Scottish accent and it doesn't make sense in any other accent. Okay, so gourd. the little boys said, look how big that gourd is getting, <laughs> said one of the boys. To their surprise, the gourd responded, if you pluck me, I'll pluck you, it said. <laughs> Dear. I think that's just wrong. All of your uh, stories are filth, Leslie. I know. I, I didn't the boys ran home and told their mother, who refused to believe them. That happened to me. Like, a pedo tried to get me into his flat, and he showed me his, like, toy sh- soldiers models that he basically made to lure kids in. And then when he showed me, like, this- pornographic pictures. And I told my mum about it, and she went, nah, he's a nice man, he wouldn't do that. <laughs> God, when did this happen to you? When I was about 10. Oh my god. <sighs> I just don't know who he is. I feel like he needs to Yeah, I think up. he's dead now. I think he's dead. Yeah, because he would oh, give me this love story about how he was really lonely and he's, he had no family. Well, I think now thinking on it, there's a reason for that. Oh my god. His family don't talk to him because he's a fucking pedo. Yeah. Right. Oh anyway, god. so the gourd. <laughs> the mum refused to believe them, but their sisters insisted on seeing the large gourd. And when they were taken to it, they said as their brothers had, look how big that gourd is getting. <laughs> just love that one. This time the gourd did not respond. So it doesn't respond to girls. And the girls oh, went off to complain about their brothers being liars. As the gourd was not plucked, it continued to grow. Sorry, Eventually, I'm a bit annoyed with the sisters in this story. So they show up and dramatically growing in front of their eyes. But they're like, well, it's not magic. Fuck you. It's not speaking to me. It's perfectly normal for <laughs> gourds just to dramatically grow every second. Um, I don't get it. It just, I don't know, it seems to just prefer talking. Well, maybe, well, would you not be a bit upset if it didn't speak to you rather than boys? Like, they could see but it growing, but it talked to them. I'd be a bit upset, but if Yaz came and said, I've seen this gourd, it keeps growing dramatically every couple of seconds, and it spoke to me, and I went with her, and it was growing dramatically every couple of seconds, I wouldn't be like, lying fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> because it didn't go, all right. Well, that's not fair. <laughs> 
So, yeah, I got to. After, as the gourd was not plucked, because it did ask the boys to pluck it, it continued to grow. <laughs> Eventually, it became the size of a house, uprooted itself, and went oh, about no. swallowing everyone in the village. After consuming everyone living. That's exactly yeah. what I was meant to say. <laughs> <laughs> after, after consuming everyone within it then rolled into a lake. Only one woman had survived the Gurd's rampage and she was preggers. When her son was born, they lived together in the ruins of the village. When the son got around to asking Sorry. where his family was. When you was, said when her son was born they lived together, I thought you meant her and the Gurd got together and the Gurd was the boy <laughs> step back. And I was like, Well, all worked out well, didn't it? His mother told him that he was swallowed by a gourd, which is now in the lake. Imagine you're like, that's not the, really the answer that you would expect to hear, would it? Like, where's my dad? Mom, where's my, where's dad? my dad? Oh, he's swallowed by a gourd. It's in the lake. You're like, well, that's not real. <laughs> the son then decided to avenge his father and went out to the lake where you could see the gourd's ears sticking out the water. See, I mean, these stories are hilarious. And he proceeded to taunt the vegetable. Gerd, come out! He yelled, Gerd, come out! Annoyed and enraged, the Gerd hauled itself out of the lake, but the boy was ready for it and fired a volley of arrows into it. The tenth arrow killed it, and it died with a roar that could be heard by all. The way, all the way to Vuga? Well, I guess that's a place somewhere in... in the boy then cut it open with a knife and all the villagers that it swallowed were released unharmed and then oh, he went oh. on to become a great leader of his people. What? Wait, they were trapped <laughs> in it all that time. Yes. And no one thought to go save them. Well, that you just... think the women Well, maybe, I don't know. Well, she's clearly a nut job because just, yeah. <laughs> like, what? He just accepted it, I guess. There's not yeah. really much she could have done. Gourds are not the only plants that devour and kill people. Another carnivorous plant, a pumpkin, grew over the burial location of an evil shape-shifting porcupine. Huh? It repeated everything that was said to it, and when an axe was brought to destroy it, it proceeded to swallow everyone. The poisonous salad fruits of the Ronga have arms, legs, and wield spears and shields. That story is so fucking insane. Yeah, wouldn't mess with that. Oh, hello, cat. I don't know why he's being weird. He just keeps randomly crying tonight. I could hear him. Is he yeah. crying about the gourd? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe one of his relatives got between the hall and the living room just crying. And then I was looking at the fern flower. I was like, "What? What the fuck is? How is a fern flower a, like a cryptic? What's up with that?" Now in Slavic and Baltic mythologies, they seem to have a thing for like these weird magic plants. But it, it's it's the stuff that they supposedly do that amuses me. Like it doesn't get grant you like superpowers or anything. It's like really weird shit. Like like so specific. So there's a plant that the fern flower, which brings fortune to the person who finds it. In various versions of the tale, the fern flower brings luck, wealth, or the ability to understand animal speech. Oh, okay. So they are just getting a bit high. Yeah. Or like listening. Probably, yeah. There's also another one in the Baltic mythology, or that if you use it to, you use it to unlock things, oh, like you can oh, unlock like safes or it's like some magic like herb or something like that. And when yeah. you use it, it unlocks or opens anything that is closed, yeah. or unlocked or trapped. I like I started reading. I was like, I don't really understand that, so I stopped reading it. I don't know why yeah. I can't find it. I don't, I don't even understand how to do that. <laughs> 
Oh, I just could have moved on. <laughs> but that's oh, I found cool. it's called the Rashkovnik. It's a magical herb in South Slavic Bosnia. Yeah, you, you went to Bosnia. I'm surprised you didn't find one of these. I wish you did, so you could bring it yeah. back. Yeah, it has the magical good. property to unlock or uncover anything that's locked or closed. However, legends claim it's notoriously difficult to recognise the herb and reputedly only certain cophonic animals are able to identify. What's a cophonic animal? I don't, I don't understand what that is. Two seconds and I'll Google it. Oh, I'm just looking it up. No, okay. Subterranean, so maybe oh. like mice or moles or something. Uh, Interesting. So it, according to legend, it could unlock any gate or padlock regardless of its size, material or key. It could also uncover treasures buried in the ground. In Bulgarian oh, wow. beliefs, it split the ground at the place where a treasure lay so that people could locate it. In Bulgarian sources, the Raskovnik is sometimes described as a grass resembling a four-leaf clover. It grows in meadows and may be picked either while green or blooming or in hay or when it's already dry. But it's impossible to be recognised by the uninitiated. Oh, or tortoises, the only beings who knew the appearance of the herb and where it grows, so we'll follow a tortoise around and maybe you might find it. Um, I mean, okay, I like that idea. The idea okay. of following a tortoise around just seems fun yeah. <laughs> in and of itself. But yeah. I just love the idea that if you've like maybe locked yourself out of the house and you don't have your keys, then you can just find this herb and choose that to get yourself back yeah. in. That'd be pretty cool. Don't you like sprinkle it on it like fairy dust or something? Yeah, or you can just stuff it in the lock and it just magically opens it. Because poof. That's my anyone get anything else? I yeah. had my wee story that I liked, which okay. is one of the traditional whenever we do anything cryptid where I'm like, and here's one that might be true. So one of the ones that I found was the story oh, of the a... Indian mouse eating plant. Oh, okay. So there was a plant that was transported or was supposedly transported by a very early expedition party to, to India and they brought it back with them and they planted it in the tropical plant house of the of london's horticultural hall uh-huh. and apparently grew there and the the people who brought it back the botanists who'd recovered it reported that it was a type of plant that was uh, known to eat small animals and that's why they called it it didn't have an official name so they called it the indian mouse eating plant but there was just this one indian mouse eating plant in the horticultural hall but it continued to grow or to be alive anyway if not flowered it's well it's fl- it flowered, we'll say, uh, every year and then eventually weathered away until it died in 1924. Oh, and they didn't, they couldn't replicate it. They like, couldn't replicate it and they couldn't get it to like, basically like pollinate in a way that would mean yeah. that they would be able to grow another one. People believed it to be a sort of, well, exactly what we're talking about, a plant cryptid. So people said, well, it wasn't real. The documented information on it said that the plant would have a flower, but the flower itself would appear almost leaf-like. And they said it was a big sort of flower that looked like a tulip, was the closest thing they could describe it to, but massive. And it had a small hole in the centre of the what would be leaves that were again kind of tulip shaped, so almost like a what would you like a vase shape. Mm. They said it secreted an odour which seemed to attract animals, and that they noticed that mice more regularly entered the horticultural hall than they had before, 
and that the mouse would often climb towards the edge of the hole where it would fall in. Oh. And I feel like go... in London that would have been really useful to have loads of them, like eat all the rats and the say would you need quite useful. That's true. Have one on every street. Mm. Yeah, I mean they would probably be quite handy. They said that after the mice fell in, there was this is a quote from the book a bristle that the inside of the flower was full of bristle like antennae mm. uh, and that the mouse would roll down past them and then would be liquefied by what looked like and was tested to be like digestive gut juices at the bottom of the plant oh, this was dismissed as a, a cryptozoological tale that was made up that people had just kind of added to it and agreed with it and then and although there's still a bit of debate on it because saying it was discovered in 2009, it wasn't really discovered in 2009 because in 2009, botanists in Southeast Asia, specifically in the Philippines, discovered a new species of plant. It was a giant pitcher plant. So although it's not a flower, it had... Aye, the pitcher plants are really slippery, aren't they? And they've got yeah. a nectar in the bottom. I've I've heard of them because they like they can eat flying foxes and yes. giant rats and anything really that well, happens exactly to slide what, down into it. Monkeys even. thing. So the pitcher is kind of, I suppose, a tulip shape, but it's really large. The pitcher yeah, is it isn't a flower. Out. It's part of the plant, so it does have a leafy appearance, and it does have digestive enzymes at the bottom of the pitcher. And mm. exactly as you said, Leslie, it uses it's sent inside the picture that's produced by the little stamen in it, which I suppose look kind of yep. like antennae, to lure in bats, flying foxes, rats, mice, and so on. And when they fall in, they're dissolved by the enzymes at the bottom, and that's where it gets its nutrition from. That, I mean, out of all the ones that we spoke about, that one sounds absolutely feasible. Well, it's, I mean, it, it, is, is, it is real. That's fine, yeah. 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 So, yeah, that, that's I've fine. seen videos of Venus fly traps eating wasps. Yeah. It's pretty oh, fucking horrific. Quite brutal for a plant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, plants. When you think of, like, Poison Ivy, I think she's, like, one of the better villains of Batman because she's got all these plant things that come from real life. Agreed. She's that was a bit of a... Yeah. Yeah. And do, do you think, like, maybe there's loads of plants that haven't been discovered yet or maybe they're the ones that, that they were speaking about, these man-eating plants, did exist at one point. And you think of the weird shit that was going about millions of years ago when there was dinosaurs roaming about and giant yeah it's all feasibly possible like i know mm. what you're saying yes that that sounds the most likely but at the same time if people had discovered giant picture plants or we didn't already know small picture plants existed yeah uh-huh. you said oh have you heard about the plant at the horticultural house that at night releases a special scent that lures in mice and and then i suppose that can kind of grow arms and legs and turn into like it eats people so if you think yeah. of it, i was talking about to start off with well, that could be like some sort of giant pitcher plant and maybe mm-hmm. some small rodents do fall into it, which then yeah. people exaggerated into lemurs, which then people exaggerated into women. I'm going to end the podcast on a cute note. So oh. this is completely like, I don't believe this exists at all, but I really wish it would. It's called the Cactus Cat oh, and it's actually got like a like Latin it. name. It's called the Cat Catiflinus Inebrius. Now, inebrious makes me think, is it only drug people that see this thing? <laughs> or is it because it feeds off of, I'm showing you, I'm just sending you a picture. So it feeds off cactus sap, which, as we know, is used to make oh tequila. God, that is so cute. <laughs> yeah. That's, but that's cool. Someone just put cactuses together. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, that's and then put a, a photo on picture. It. Yeah, but it's, it's a mythical creature and fearsome critter. 
that has been reported in the American Southwest, so like cowboys. It's been described as a bobcat-like animal with fawn-like fur, sharp bones protruding from its front legs, and a branched tail. The cactus cat has been sighted in the southwestern desert in states such as California, Nevada, and New Mexico, with a few sightings in Colorado. So cowboys and pioneers of the 19th century made up tales of these strange beasts coming out at night, slashing open cacti, exposing the sap. On later nights, the creature was said to drink the fermented juice, which is probably why its Latin name is inebrious, because it gets <laughs> wasted every night. <laughs> this caused the cats to enter an intoxicated state, so it got hammered, started stumbling around, and and then it, like, if it came across the odd travellers, it would just attack them. Attacks by these strange varmint, though considered rare, did happen from time to time. So they don't normally attack people. It's just because they're so fucking ragingly drunk that they probably don't know what they're doing and just come across a person and think it's... I, I don't know what it is. You know what you're like when you're drunk. Some people get a bit fighty. With the <laughs> attacks... So with, with many as a frontiersman, they woke up to find welts on their body from the cat's barbed tail. Despite the attacks, the cactus cat was not considered an aggressive creature, except towards cacti. The critter was also known to have a unique and haunting wail that could be heard through the night in the darkened desert, along with the dry sound of its bones rubbing together. God. That sounds horrible. <laughs> the cactus cat. And the 2015 remake of Fearsome Creatures is a descendant of the Wampus Cat and the Ball-Tailed Cat. The cat is remade to be the same, but bigger, with a ball at the end of the tail that has spikes on it. And the scientific name is Wampus Bibulus. Explanations. The story of the Cactus Cat is probably fueled by numerous cases of misidentification, most likely being a bobcat, mountain lion, or porcupine. I've often confused hedgehogs with cats. The cat's wail may also have been that of a puma. It's also likely that the affable cactus cat was never believed to exist, and like most fearsome critters, was just a product of a few bored woodsmen on a warm desert night. And that's yeah. basically uh, ends yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's so many funny cryptics like, out there that we could go over. I mean, I really, like, there's just, here's an example, the Honey Island Swamp Monster. That just makes me laugh in itself. Or the Moss Man. Oh. It was a town that found this gelatinous stuff, and they thought they were alien spores. Because it was in Alaska. It was an Alaskan village, and they found mysterious orange goo that appeared on the shore of the small Alaskan village of uh, Kiva Le Nahas. Um, which has been identified as millions of microscopic eggs filled with fatty droplets. But researchers claim they don't know what the eggs might hatch. That That's freaky. Be, yeah. Or if they're toxic. Be like, um, like a company doing some sort of weird experiments and they've like created something and then they like got oh, rid of it be. and dumped it in the ocean and it's kind of washed up. Well, the the moss man is supposed to be, this is crazy, the moss man was supposed to be the result of a escaped bunch of primates that escaped from, like, a circus mm. that mated with a crocodile. Well, obviously. <laughs> totally. And to keep the moss man. Or the skunk ape, as it's also known. <laughs> what the hell? I don't believe. I don't think it's possible for chimps to mate with, <laughs> with crocodiles or alligators. Yeah, I don't think that's, like... Physically. No, it's genetically <laughs> unfeasible. Yeah. Not unfeasible, unviable, unfeasible means yeah. unlikely. So it's not even unlikely, it's just literally impossible. Yeah, I would say a man-eating plant is more feasible than that. Yes. 
But the whole cloudy eggs thing is kind of creepy because they know they're eggs, but they don't know what the fuck kind of eggs they are. And, like, they're always doing, like, all these, like, chemical experiments on animals. Mm. They say they don't test it. They totally test on animals and they're totally doing messed up stuff like that. And it could be just, like, they're dumping their waste in the ocean. Well, I mean, did we find out an answer? Did you ask your brother about, you know, if a plant eats a mouse? Oh, I went to check. Does it actually? Does that make it halal or not? Yeah. Um, We didn't really get an answer, but we think it would be okay to eat. No, but I mean, even the whole vegan thing. (laughs) Would that make you a proxy meat eater if you're eating a plant that's eaten an animal? He was basically saying he doesn't think that that's a plant that you would eat any. And I was like, that's just a crap answer. Yeah, that's true. That's just avoiding the... Yeah. Avoiding the question. Like, he was like, I don't think it would taste very nice. I don't think that's something you would eat. I'm like, that's just not the point. What if you were like hungry and like that's all there is left to eat? What if? Yeah, like you're stuck in a desert, but there's this like animal eating plant. Technically, without the animals, then the plants couldn't exist because then they wouldn't shit out the plants that would like, oh no, hold on. No, I'm getting that. <laughs> <laughs> I nearly followed that conversation. No, predators. Right, no, no, predators. Like you said, Mufasa says, like, he eats the antelopes, he shits out the antelopes, that then fertilises the ground, which then grows the grass that feeds the animals. So, you you can't, yeah. But then we don't really do that as humans. We just shit down the toilet, blast it through the sewer system and then into the river. <laughs> we ruin the circle of life. It actually damaging the circle of life so much. Terrible. Should make a Disney film about that? If I ever made a Disney film, it'd just be depressing. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like the anti-Disney film. I know. No girls would get given away to be married off to people as well. That would just be yeah. Uh, whose turn is it to pick? Me. Uh, pick a number between 1 and 14. I'll go 14 because that was the age of Pocahontas when she got <laughs> Lovely. No, so we need to all attempt to sh- to find a way to watch Bat Boy the musical. Oh, <laughs> God. I can do that this week. Uh, well, yeah, I'm actually off work next week, so I'm sure I'll be able to find Bat Boy the musical somewhere. It must be on YouTube. Bat well, we do a caveat. We'll do Bat Boy the musical, but if we can't find it, then you just have to watch... Some sort of famous film. Famous horror film. The whole musical is on YouTube. Oh, all two hours of it. Oh my god! Right, we'll all watch Bat Boy the musical then, and we'll discuss it in depth. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's us. Thanks for listening. You know, you can listen to us on however you like to listen to your podcasts, and if you like, you can you can also listen to these podcasts on Facebook now because Facebook's got their own podcast site. And oh, you can cool. you can send comments as you listen to the podcast. So we do have a Facebook page, Crystal Myth. Um, we've got a Facebook group. But if you go on to, I think, the Facebook page, you can find all of our episodes on there. And you can comment while you're listening to the podcast episode when it uploads. So that would be interesting to see if anyone does that. And also we're on Twitter, which is Crystal Myth. Um, or what is it? Podcast underscore myth at Twitter. And, you know. Just however you want to say hi or if you just want to listen, then that's cool. And I really appreciate it. But like and subscribe. Ciao, ciao. So until then, okay, Mark, okay, bye. (laughs) Yeah, I said ciao, so it felt like bye was the next logical thing to say. Au revoir, sayonara. Cheerio. Cheerio. Cheerio.
Mess.